If it wasn't for all the hard work and the sacrificing and the things I, I did through my life, I wouldn't be able to have these things. This is The Playbook, where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I have a champion with me, the light heavyweight champion, the Hall of Famer of the USC, and most importantly, just a great guy. He's the CEO of Punishment Athletics, and we're here at Punishment. Hopefully he won't punish me, but Tito Ortiz. God, pleasure, man, for Welcome sure. Welcome to the playbook. I have waited for this. We have circled each other. Warren Moon's my partner, so Tony Gonzalez. We have been okay. at so many sports spectacular events together, yes, yes. and uh, you're much more noticeable than me. As the entrepreneur brands are growing, we, we right. may switch places, but we started talking about adversity. And I always, when I'm speaking, I talk about, hey, who here grew up poor? And you know, always half the audience raises their hand, and right. I'm like, well, I feel sorry for the rest of you. Because um, <laughs> you can't teach the things that you have experienced. What are those lessons early on when, when you're looking at your parents living off the government, addicts, you know, your future is a choice, right? Am I going to live my life in the same direction? Or if I change it, how am I going to change it? Because it's a big hill to climb. Well, you know, um, I think, I mean, just going back to my parents, I think in the beginning, um, my, my father actually owned a business. He was an entrepreneur. He worked hard, but then he got addicted to drugs from his brother. Um, and he got into drugs and life just went completely downhill from there on. Um, and then he was supplementing the income from the government, government cheese, um, food stamps, and that made him comfortable. And he was able to make, make it just enough money to support, to, support my, to support me and my mother. And then my mother supported my father and me, um, but we lived in motels, uh, you know, trailers. Um, it was hard times from the age of, uh, you know, six to about 13, but just the hard times I can remember as being a kid. I mean, I, I used to do a lot of things as a young kid. I mean, I have twi twin boys and I have an oldest who's 17 years old, but they never even got the chance to see anything that I've seen at the ages I did right. because I was able to go out on my own and do whatever I wanted to do. Um, there was a time to about maybe 10 years old, I had to be in before the lights were on, but after 10, I'd come in whenever I wanted. And fishing was a huge part of me. I loved fishing. I'd go up on Newport Pier and I'd go fish a lot. And um, I used to sell fish. And so that was the hustle. I learned the hustle. I was like, wow, if I work my butt off and, you know, I caught enough fish and I'd sell them two bucks a fish. And all of a sudden I had 30, 40 bucks in my pocket. I was paying for my lunch. I was paying for my dinner. Sometimes I stayed with overnight on the pier and paid for my breakfast. I mean, I was learning how, what hard work and dedication was about at a super young age. So it was just, I, I always dreamt about great things, you know, seeing guys having mansions and guys having mansions on the water here in Huntington Harbor and having that dream of having my own house on the water, having my own boat behind my house. Um, you know, graduating high school, when I got into wrestling, it kind of guided me the right way just because of uh, the hard work and dedication I learned through wrestling. And you know, I walked in the wrestling room thinking, you know, where's the ring at? Thinking as in WWF back right. then, which is WWE <laughs> now. But I walked into the wrestling room going like, Where, where's the ring? And the coaches laughed at me like, no, no, this is a totally different type of wrestling. But I caught on to it. I was like, if you could, I go, I could slam people on their head. Like, well, if you get slam people on their head, you get points for that. I was like, so I'm gonna try this out. I, I did it. Started fresh my freshman year. I started varsity. I wrestled all four years of varsity. Um, took about a year off uh, right after I graduated. Thought I was the big man on, in the world and I could take over the world. And um, I had a, what was it, six to, God, six to six hour job, you know, six in the morning to six at night, working Allied Moving Service. Um, I got caught up in drugs a little bit uh, 
with a few of my friends to hang out with downtown Huntington Beach and you know it was methamphetamine and um, you know six percent of those people who do do meth they do uh, recover hundred percent and I guess I'm one of those six percent just because um, I, I want to do something with my life that was different I want to do something um, that was different than what my parents were doing that was different than what my friends were doing because it seemed like the older guys were still doing the same stuff they were doing when they were in high school and they never changed the Change, yeah, never changed the pattern, and I was willing to change the pattern. It's interesting in your life, you have at each stage some sort of you know drug cloud as far as it's been around you from your ex-wife to your parents to even you, and it's been true in my life as well. There's always this certain addiction that's there. I'm always curious, being a witness to other people that can't be the 6%, right? right? In, you know, I've met people that I've tried to coach and help that tried it one time, a drug, and just set them on a path that changed their entire existence. What do you think the difference is between uh, someone like you that is able to, you know, try something like that and totally overcome it and be in that 6% compared to the 94% that just cannot stop, you know, the chain or, or the grab that addiction has, whether it's gambling, drugs, or alcohol, it doesn't matter. I think it's uh, a choice, um, a choice and being responsible for yourself, not blaming it on somebody else, saying it's his fault, or, uh, you know, I hear this a lot of times, you know, that God put me in the wrong place at the wrong time, so I'm gonna blame it on him. And it's being responsible for your own actions. Looking in the mirror at night before you go to bed, and with me, I mean, having a big entourage around, that's never been my factor. I've never had a big entourage. Maybe in my fights when I first walk out, it's my training partners, yes, but when I'm not going out to a nightclub, there may be one, two friends with me, that's it at the most, my girlfriend with me. Um, being responsible for your own actions and looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, I'm gonna be a responsible person. Having my children has changed my life completely. Having, you know, um, keeping away from the drugs, I want to be, be able to be professional in my, my sport of being a mixed martial artist. But to do those things, you had to be clean. You had to make sure you do the right things and sacrifice. Sacrifice is a huge factor that a lot of people don't, weren't willing to do because they think it's, it'll come back around no matter what. Like, oh, that'll come back next week. Oh, that'll come back in a year from now. No, you gotta take advantage of the situation now. And I think that's really important. And that's what keeps me real. It keeps me grounded, it keeps me humble. Um, I, I don't wanna um, assume myself as being a celebrity or uh, a pro athlete that people look up to. You know, I'm, I'm in my mind, um, I'm a, responsible person, but at the end of the day, I want to be a, a, an inspiration in people's lives. I don't want to be a role model. The reason why I don't want to be a role model because I don't want anybody to model my life that I've got, got to this point because there's been the ups and downs. I mean, you're talking about a roller coaster. I mean, I've had a, the wildest roller coaster <laughs> in this world has ever accepted. I mean, uh, tomorrow I turn 45 years old. Um, Happy birthday. I, thank you. I, I feel like I'm... Uh, 35. I feel good, but I think it's just uh, surrounding yourself with good people. Surround yourself with positive people because if you have negative people around around you and uh, just indulge in that negative um, mentality, it sucks the life out of people. And yes. I see it a lot. You know, people who smoke cigarettes, it takes the life out of them. People who do party all the time, it takes the life out of them. But if you leave a healthy life, and I think the kids is what keep me young. My boys is what keep me young because... You know, I, I'm still training my butt off. You know, I just got done with the fight. I did 20, 20 week camp for that fight, and it kept me kept me healthy. But at the same time, it was just what I ate. You know, what I intake from my body, um, all the food, uh, alkaline water, um, hyperbaric chamber, um, altitude simulation machine. I find all these different um, methods that I never had to use in the beginning of my career. But as I get older, it's actually helped because it's actually brought youth to me. And and, I, and 
at the end of the day, I look at it and I just gotta be responsible. I gotta be responsible for not just myself, but for my children, for my home, for my house, my businesses. And I always gotta go outside of the box and not stay in this little small box that the rest of the fighters always stay in. I've always wanted to do, what do I do else next that's gonna set me up for the next big st stage? And um, I'm doing that. And you have you know, not only this humility and accountability, but you know, you're born with like a fighter's desire. You know, I tell kids all the time that want to work for me. I was like, you have to come in here like Ru Rudy wanted to play football in Notre Dame. I want to see that attitude. And, and they, of course, say to me, who's Rudy? And then I got to explain to them because they're not our age. Um, but you, you know, from the time you were young, to sit and sell fish, right? Well, and to, you to you know, and I think a lot of that comes to films. Um, by watching movies, I, I would look for love. You know, I would look for passion. I would look for these different things that would set people amongst further than others. And it was just the love they had for something or the drive they had for something. I mean, I, I remember when Eminem came out with one of his albums uh, and um, I, I listened to the song and I believe uh, the film that he came out with. The Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One just, shot. He, yeah, one, one shot. And he, just, he has this one shot. This is his one shot. And in my mind, I always thought like that, that this is my one shot. This is my one chance. I'm not going to ever get a chance to do this. So why not give it my all? Because if I fail, then I'm learning from that failure. But if I succeed, then all those little small failures that made that, su that succeed to be successful, I've learned even more. And if I can't say, if I, if I haven't learned from my failures, uh, I wouldn't be where I am today. What do you think the biggest failure and lesson that you've learned is? Um, the biggest failure and lesson I learned is, uh, and I still have the problem, is trusting people. Mm -hmm. It's hard in this business, in any business, it is hard to trust people. Uh, I, I finally found, uh, business partner and uh, my attorney, um, George Prajean, um, who's an amazing guy, a very trustworthy man. Um, you know, my business partner, uh, Cindy Dwyer, amazing, years, right? 14 years she's been with me. My bookkeeper, Charlotte Campbell, who's been with me now for 16 years. Having these people around me make me live a little more comfortable. Um, it's, it's hard to always wake up looking over your shoulder or going to bed thinking about, you know, if someone's taking advantage of you. And it, it is hard, but I think it's just as a child growing up, I never had my dad around, so I never had that trustworthy of, of knowing that I have a home to come to. Um, and this has always been one of my nightmares. I've always thought about, you know, um, I'm going back to my old home and there's nothing there. Yeah. And it's the weirdest dream. And I, oh, I mean, to this, this like five, like, not like two months ago, I had the dream. I was like, I went back to my old home that my mom lives in now and there was nothing in the house. I walked in, there was nothing, and it was just all like run down. It was, I was like, but wait, I work so hard. I, I live on the water. Wait, hold on. <laughs> but it was a dream, but then it was just my mind. And it always happened between before my fights because that's when my raw emotions really kick in, my real mindset of just hard work of what I want to become, kick in of knowing what having nothing feels like. Framing it, it with nothing. It, it sucks having powder milk. I can imagine a lot of you viewers, you guys even know what powder milk <laughs> is. Powder milk, government cheese. Food stamps. Not, food stamps. Yeah. Not eating at night. I mean, not having a Christmas. Not having a Thanksgiving. See, I, I mean, told you, I feel sorry for the rest of you. <laughs> it, but those are the things that look back and it keeps me grounded and keeps me like as humble as possible and to show my kids what hard work and dedication is truly about. And they, they see, I mean, I have a Rosalie's Phantom. I have a Panamera Porsche. I live on the water. I have a 38-foot fountain boat with twin 300s on it. I mean, my, I have got a, a helicopter because I need a friend with no, a helicopter. No, I wish I had a helicopter. <laughs> you know, in California, I, I man. My, my I'll share one with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought my mama home. But if it wasn't for all the hard work and the sacrificing and the things I, I did through my life, I wouldn't be able to have these things. You know, I watched so many pro boxers and become broke 
They have yeah. no money. They have zero money left. I mean, football players, football players, players, baseball players. I mean, there, there's that window where you can make as much money as possible. But as soon as that window closes, what's next? What's going to happen after that? And th- I think I was able to understand that. You know, one of the things that I see, you know, when I ran Lee Steinberg, the big sports agency, and all the guys that we represented, was trust is a big issue. And, you know, have you been taken advantage of, number one, you know, what was the worst circumstance where someone took advantage of you? It doesn't have to be great details. But two, how does it feel? This is where, you know, I've been taken advantage of, lied to, manipulated, oversold, back-end sold myself. And I have a law degree, right? And well-educated, and it still happens to me. But it even hurts worse when other people feel that way that you've done that because they're that way. And I know even through some people in the UFC, like you've had circumstances where you're being attacked by the people that may have taken advantage of you. Uh, and the reason they attacked, because I am a threat. Mm-hmm. And I figured that out, that when you become a threat to another person, they're gonna attack you in the media as much as possible to downgrade your name, to ground, downgrade your brand, to ground, downgrade your word to other people so they don't take you seriously. And I figured that out through the UFC. And then it gives you energy and raises your brand. Yeah, but it raises my brand, but at the same time, they try to figure out a way to pretty, um, you know, uh, just character uh, assassination, assassination yeah. of my character. And how did forgiveness, you know, play into any of this? Um, I think forgiveness helped out a lot was with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my father had a heroin problem um, and still on methadone to this day. Uh, he's 80, going to be 81 this year. Wow. Um, and it came to last, God, last year, right before the Chuck Liddell fight. And I'd have nightmares at night, just always crying, going, why, Dad, why? How come you didn't, Aki didn't do, you know, what a parent should do. And I finally said, you know what, I'm going to stop and I'm going to kind of face my fear. And I went to his house and I said, you know what, I understand what being a parent is. I understand how hard it is. And I get it. And it was time for me to forgive him. And it was the hardest thing to do. Let me tell you, man, I sat in front of his house for a good 20 to 30 minutes. And I just had enough balls to say, you know what, I got to face my fear. I got out of my car, knocked on the door, he opened the door and he was like, God, I thought you forgot about me. I go, no, Dad, I, I had to figure this out. I go, I understand how hard it is to be a parent. And you weren't mad enough to step up and to be a father, to be a responsible father. Um, I get it, and I forgive you. I go, I love you. And I haven't told him I love him in over 25 years. And he said, son, I love you, and I'm proud of you. And um, Was that the first time your dad said he's proud of you? Yeah, that was the first time he's ever said he's proud of me. And it was, it, it, <laughs> it was, it was good, it was, but it was... Once it was over, it was done. Yeah. It was, you know, I said my piece. I came back home and I take care of my kids now. That's, 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 my, that's my future and that's, that's my legacy and that's what I truly worry about. But to me, it was just the piece of giving forgiveness to my father. Just saying, you know what? I, I understand it. I get it. I had to go through it, you know, with my ex-girlfriend, Jenna. I went with my kids. She went through a bad drug problem and I had to make the decision for my children's future. Yeah. And all the way to make the decision for my children's future, I had to look at what my mother did. My mother left my father at my age of 13 and gave me a different life. She saved my life and sacrificed the love over 14 years to give me a future. I had to run that same exact, and I, I just think, you know. It, it, and you almost went down trying to save Jenna. I, I almost went down trying to save Jenna, but I just, once again, it just it goes back to my mother. I got to thank for my mom. My mom made the decision for me when I was 13, but it just took me many years to figure out what was right. What was right and what was wrong, you know? And what was wrong was having this around my children to being able to, them seeing what I went through. And I don't want them to see what I went through. 
I didn't. And it was lucky enough with it that she left and they're three and a half and she was gone and uh, hasn't been back. And it's, been, it's a blessing in disguise. Um, but, you know, my girlfriend, uh, Amber, right now has been with me for six years. So that's mom. Yeah. And they don't miss the love. She is 100% hands on with school, with cleaning. She's my backbone. Yeah. I mean, I'm the supplier and she just makes things happen. And we work great as a team because it's not none of the kids are being coddled. We're making responsible men. And I think that's important. You know, watching your career, doing due diligence, watching interviews with you, you really have taken in, you know, a therapeutic approach to things. You had therapy, you have mentors. You, you, you really want to learn, besides being a great fighter, you, you really are here to learn lessons and to be that great parent. And I keep seeing that theme again and again. You know, for so many people out there that are afraid to ask for help, right? You ask for help, I see that. What would you tell them? Because I, I'm trying to encourage people. What made me successful was asking for help. As I watch you, what truly makes you so grounded, centered, and fierce is you really get help. Yeah, and that's always been my problem is I'm afraid to ask for help. The reason I don't ask for help because I don't want to feel like I owe somebody something. Mm. So I try to take the responsibility on myself of going out and doing it and getting it done. And if I can't get it done, I'll try again. If I can't get it done, I'll try again. I'll give myself 10 tries. And then if I can't get it done, then I'll go out my side of my way and I'll kind of be like, hey, can you give me a little bit of help? I don't want a lot of help, just give me just a little bit. I just want a little bit because I don't feel like I want to owe somebody something. That's, my, that's, that's one of my worst pet peeves is trying to owe somebody something that I've worked so hard to get. That's amazing. La last question on the uh, topic of responsibility. I find it really interesting that people like you, and, and there are many successful people like you that are responsible for themselves, but also their downfall is because they feel responsible for so many people, yeah. yet they don't want anybody ever to feel responsible for them. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that it goes to my children and my friends that are around me. I mean, I'm an Aquarius and I'm Aquarius to a T. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm very helpful for my friends. Um, we go out and I'm with my buddies and I'm always looking over them. It's like they're trying to look over me and I'm looking over them. It's just, that's my nature. That's the person that I am. I'm a very caring person. And people take advantage of me in such situations of, of doing that, of being too caring and being too giving. And I understand that. And as one of my pet peeves, once again, is just being too vulnerable. helpful and vulnerable. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's just, I look back on it and it's just, uh, it's a learning process. And, and I'm willing to dive off the deep end and kind of learn how to swim from there. That's awesome. Well, I certainly appreciate you giving us an inside look at your soul and your heart beyond your championship nature. And you know, the, 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 it's funny because the fighting thing, it just happened by accident. <laughs> It wasn't no. <laughs> there are no accidents, man. We call it a coincidence. I, the coinciding it, of the universe. For yeah, you. yeah. I, 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 you're right. It's not an accident. Um, I, I think you know, it's just hard work and perseverance is what turned out as being a champion fighter. You know, um, I fought for a year and a half. I became the UFC world champion. Um, I think one of the quickest UFC world champs. Uh, but I worked my ass off through those times. I can imagine the injuries from 2013 to 2000. Excuse me, 2003 to 2013, I had injury after injury after injury after injury, and I ended up getting surgery after surgery after surgery after surgery. I mean, I've had eight surgeries. I've had ACL replaced my left knee, ACL replaced my right knee, L4-5 S1 fused in my lower back, T3 
T3, T2, T2, T1, T1, C7 displacement. I'm still not fighting you, man. You can list out all this one. You're C6, still tougher than C7 me. <laughs> fused, C6, C5 disc replacement, C5, C4 fused, I reattached retina, and probably about, you know, maybe 10 concussions through my career of 22 years now, going on 23 years. But it's, it's just dedication. Yeah. I want to dedicate. I'm willing to sacrifice. Um, through my training camps, there's days that I don't want to get out of bed. I'm like, man, this sucks. But then I think about it. It's like, what sucked worse? Not eating? Not having lights on? Living by candlelight? Or living in this beautiful mansion with a Rolls Royce Phantom and That's a nice it. boat and your children happy? Beautiful children, And yep. it's just food in the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm with um, you. Cereal, milk, <laughs> regular milk, not powder. Regular, you know, just... I was Googling powdered milk right now, by the way. No, I'm, 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 people take everything for granted of living in this country um, until they live in, go to a different country or live in a different country. Yeah. And you see how hard other people really have it. And I'm blessed to be an American. I'm blessed to be where I am. Um, and I want to make a great future for my children. And I think that's why I work so hard. And I want to show them what dedication and hard work is truly about. I love a man who speaks his mind, supports what the cause, but I have, you got to go back and watch this. You got to see if you got what it takes because Tito Ortiz does. He's a man with a heart. He's accountable, passionate, and a great father and a great citizen. And I feel blessed to have you on the playbook. Yes, sir. Hall of Famer, UFC champion. That's it. Tito Ortiz 